Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler talking about the world money and investing. So, um, let me just talk about something. There's somebody asked me a question this week, and I was working on a video on this, but let me just kind of tell you the premise of what the video was because I think it's a, a good question. And it was in general about 401ks. I don't really know what I've got, and I was like, going, that's not good. Now, in this particular case, we uh, it's, it's, we're, uh, we're the manager on the 401k. And what I like to do is I like to make sure that anybody in it, you know, what's going on. And the reason being that if you don't know what's going on, you will never be happy about it. Now, as somebody that says, I never, I never really quite got into it, never got into the education aspect of, of that, but now I want to know. And I was like, bravo for you wanting to know. 401k, what is, and this is a, this is more of a basic, what is, the, what even is a 401k? And, you know, the idea behind a 401k is that it's a pre-tax type of a program. And, you know, you can have after-tax now, you can have Roth features in it. But I want to just explain the very first premise of a 401k and use that to help you understand how they work and what they are. So the idea is that you say, hey, I've got income right now that exceeds my level of expenses. So my income is above my expenses. And therefore, what I want to do is I want to save some of my income. So as to when in the future, when my income is below my expenses, because that's what happens. You go along and your income is above your expenses and then time goes on. Then your income drops, but your expenses stay there. And when that happens... The difference is a deficit, right? You know, it makes a nice little pretty graph when you do that. And what happens is that part of your expenses are going to be covered, if you're covered under, most people are, covered under Social Security. So the idea being that, you know, when you get to retirement, you've got some of your income that you have lost being replaced by Social Security. Now, if your income throughout your life was no more than $10,000 in today's dollars, that was your average index monthly earnings, or you know that's annualized ten thousand dollars. You're going to get a replacement of nine thousand dollars of income for the rest of your life. That's the way Social Security works. First ten thousand replaced about ninety percent. Next fifty thousand replaced about thirty two percent. So it's a lot less thirty two percent. It's not replaced up at the ninety percent level. So you look at that and go, well, if you had more of a normal of in, normal income, you know forty, fifty, sixty thousand, you know whatever per year. A lot of that income is not going to be replaced by Social Security, and thereby we need savings. Then, if your income is much higher, you might only have 15% replacement. Because if you're a higher income, above that $60,000, 10 plus the 50, approximately, I'm rounding, then that is replaced at only 15%. So you look at that and go, wow, you know, especially upper income people, they better be saving nicely for retirement because social security is just not going to replace much of your retirement income. So what happens 
is that we look at retirement and we say, hey, let's maybe 40% of my income in retirement will be covered by Social Security or 40% of the money I need for spending is covered by Social Security. The other 60% has to come from my own savings or a pension or something like pensions. They're kind of bygone. We don't see them anymore. So what do we do? Well, we can say, I'm going to put money in the 401k. So what I'm doing is I'm deferring income. I'm saying, I don't need all of this income today. I'd like to spend it all. And a lot of people do, unfortunately. But I don't need it all today. So what I'm going to do is don't tax me on it today. Because when I'm paying taxes, I'm paying at a higher marginal rate many times when I'm working than I will be at an average rate when I retire. Because your first income is taxed at zero. Standard deduction, itemized deductions. Some of your income will be taxed at 10%, some of it 12, and then some at 22 and 24. And increasingly, the tax brackets get higher and higher. But your first income that you earn is always at that lower at those lower brackets, 0, 10, 12%. Then what you do is you say, well, in the future, in the future, when I'm not working anymore, I don't have any work income, so I'm going to have some income I'm able to take at 0%. Some I'm able to take at 10%, some at 12%. Well, let's say that you were in a 22 or 24% tax bracket early on in your career. Then you get to retirement and you got 0, 10, and 12. Well, if I was able to avoid 24%, let's say, for argument's sake, when I was working and take it at a lower rate, that's tax leverage. And that can be very, very beneficial. So that's pre-tax. Those are pre-tax retirement plans. Now, let's say that my tax rate's very, very low right now, 10% or super, super low, or like, you know, kids, you might have kids that they're earning tiny, tiny bits of income, you know, because they work for your family business and you pay them just a small amount of money to take out the trash or whatever, or, you know, pose in pictures for the business or whatever, you know, there are all these things that you see businesses do and pay their kids and their tax rate zero. Well, they have only one place to go is up. So then what you do is you balance those two. And that's part of the financial planning process is balancing those two. You know, what am I at here, marginal rate versus what I'm likely to be at in the future, average rate. And then what happens is you make the determination how much to do pre-tax, how much to do post-tax. And sometimes you use non-qualified plans, taxable plans, because they're taxed at capital gains rates, those types of things. But in essence, that's what the 401k allows. And then also you'll have a lot of times matches. So the employer will set up a program and they want to put money for their, their selves. They want to put money themselves away. And a lot of companies have moved to what are called like safe harbor plans. So a safe harbor plan will be that you've got to have a match. Maybe they match you 100% up to the first 3%. And then 50% of the next two. So if you put 3% plus the next two, which is 5%, they will match the first three 100%. So you get 3% there. And then half of the next two, that is total 4% is what they're putting aside for you. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning, is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. 
Uh, talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that, debt, good debt, bad debt. I talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future. Types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts. Talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets, and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. If you want to find out more about that, you go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it. And uh, hope you enjoy. So with the 401k, just kind of continuing on that vein, how they work. You got a 401k at your employer and you're wondering, how does this thing actually operate? And quite often you might have pre-tax, which is your deferring income to the future. And you have post-tax Roth IRA features, you know, which one you use really depends a lot on you know, your situation. Tax-wise, what you're likely to be dealing with, are you going to have an inheritance in the future? You know, those types of things. But, but if we're looking at this whole idea of, you know, that I'm trying to defer this income into the future and I want to hopefully, you know, maybe be in a lower bracket in the future, I'm putting aside this money. You know, that is why we have 401k plans. So let's look at these matches a little bit more in depth. So with these matches, what you're dealing with an employer match, and sometimes it, it can be discretionary, you know, where they will change it based on how the company's doing. Sometimes they have profit sharing matches. Might be that they'll do it that way. Sometimes they are like the safe harbor type of a concept where they match and they do 100% match up to 4%. So you put 4% of your pay away, then they will put 4% in. So if you make $40,000, uh, so 4% of $40,000, uh, $1,600. And then the company puts in another $1,600. So they're putting away $3,200 on your behalf if you just do 4%. Now, if you go above 4%, you're not going to get a match on that. And sometimes people say, do I go above that? Well, yes, maybe yes, maybe no. You know, sometimes people will go, I'm going to set up an IRA off to the side so I can choose my own investments rather than just the investments that my employer has. And sometimes they'll do that. Sometimes they'll go, well, my income's too high and I want to put more away than I can put in, you know, than what's just 4% of my pay plus what I can put in an IRA. So they may use the 401k for all their savings in that particular instance. It just depends on a person's situation. You know, it really does. Um, hate to say it just depends, but it just depends. Uh, so, you know, so this is a planning consideration, but I just want you to get how this works. You might have the other type of safe harbors, 100% up to three, 50% next to. Safe harbor, the idea behind it was that the employer wants to put money away for their own retirement. And they're, they're wanting to put money away, but if you don't contribute, the rank and file employee doesn't contribute to the 401k plan, they can't contribute. So you have people that, you know, they put money in the 401k and then all of a sudden they get their money back. You know, the upper income employee, you know, the highly compensated people, you know, HCAs, uh, HCEs as we call them, highly compensated employees, they get their money back and they go, well, why am I getting my money back? I put it in the 401k. Well, because enough other people didn't contribute to the plan. We did testing and the plan's top heavy. You can't do it. And they're like, ugh. 
So you, you would have these safe harbor plans, and that would allow them to do it without any risk of getting kickback, the money kickback toward them. So that's how those types of plans work. Now, what happens is that you, you'll have this, and you, you might have a vesting schedule with other types of plans. With these safe harbor plans, there's no vesting. So if they put a match in on your behalf and you leave the employer, you leave the employment, you take the money you put aside and you can, you can leave it there in the 401k, you can roll it to an IRA, you, know, you can do those types of things. Sometimes they just kick you out. And if you have you know, less than $5,000, they may just kick you out of the plan. Uh, if you have more money, sometimes they actually like to keep you in the plan. You know, because you're helping pay the defer or offset some of the expenses for the employees. But the 401ks, that's why they're so popular. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.